0: in a hotline. Alicia? Michael?
1: What's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever isn't completely full.
0: Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
2: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go up there?
1: Scratch. Claw. Up against the wall.
2: Can't explain it, what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's
0: open up that rave line!
1: Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random of Troy Radio. It is a new season of Random of Troy Radio here in 2020 with new intro music. We're going to talk about the state of USC football going into the new year. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Random of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Troy. Our email address is Troy at fanstider.com. And our phone number is 213-373-1872. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia D'Artola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. We got new intro music. It is a whole uh, new. It's a whole new podcast. It's a it's a new podcast for a
2: new year. Uh, the intro music is courtesy of the Spirit of Troy, the one and only, the greatest marching band in the history of the universe, the Trojan right. Marching Band. And Michael, you want to tell the people what the name of that piece is?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a little musical number called "Reign of Troy."
2: Yeah, yeah. When we heard about that uh, that particular Uh, fanfare that had been written that was titled Reign of Troy uh, that was uh, one of our listeners tipped us off to that. We were like what do we need to do to get that as our theme music? And the band came through. Brett over with the band absolutely came through so uh, once again the the greatest marching band in the history of the universe proves themselves as such and uh, we are big big fans of the band and it's cool that the band is cool with us.
1: It is seriously the coolest thing of all time. We've made it. We, we've absolutely made it.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, we are super happy about that. Uh, super glad that you guys are back with us for 2020. Uh, it is a new year, a, a new us, I guess you could say. Uh, as always, we do our, our, our surveys and we put those out there. We read each one of them. We take into account what you guys uh, want us to be and what you guys write and really, there's three main categories of the feedback that we got this year. Number one, uh consistency. Not something that we've always you know been great at. So our biggest goal this year is to be consistent. And we need to be consistent in every aspect of the game, and that includes, Alicia, having a schedule that we will stick to. This is our New Year's resolution. We'll see how long we're able to pull this off. But for now, main shows, because you guys want a schedule and you deserve a schedule, will drop on Wednesdays.
2: Dun, dun, dun. The pressure's now on to make that happen, but I think it's yep. a good schedule that we can keep for the off season When we get into the 2020 football season, obviously our schedule will shift and change and we'll be beholden to what's going on with games and, and the like, but Wednesday's uh, off-season episodes sounds like a good idea to me. We tend to pull back and only do one episode a week during the off-season, so uh, it's as good a day as any to get that done. And yeah, keep us us honest here, guys. (laughs) We're going to stick to it. We promise.
1: Yes. Uh, And then if you're a Patreon subscriber, which I hope that you are, uh, you're going to get two episodes per week. Uh, Our goal right now is Mondays and Fridays. Those are the days that we have penciled in uh hopefully we can stick to that uh, a monday wednesday friday release uh if you're in the rock crew it's pretty solid yeah
2: and that's a, that's a minimum promise that we want to make having two episodes per week on the patreon side of thing on the on the premium side of things so uh those those episodes will interchange between different kind of episodes that we do uh robot's choice takes with jake um you know second and short uh Snap takes can be intermingled in 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 there, and then also obviously once camp starts, uh, depending on whether or not we're given access to spring camp, uh, we'll have practice car cast and the light like continuing up there. So good things coming forward on the on the Patreon side of things. So if if you're signed up in there, th- you can look forward to at least two episodes, two new episodes a week. And uh, if you haven't signed up in there, there's uh, some good incentive to get in there
1: and enjoy all the off season content. Yeah, and now's a good time to mention we have a new tier over on Patreon. Uh, for $3.33, you can now join our Patreon for ad-free episodes, which means this episode you're listening to right now. If you want to listen to this with no ads, no ads at the beginning, no commercial breaks, no anything, head over to Patreon for three thirty three per month to get all of our mainline episodes completely ad-free and the great thing about patreon is they give you your own personal rss feed you can take that feed right to your local podcatcher in your phone plug it in and you get the episodes right in your podcast app if it's apple podcasts if it's stitcher wherever you're listening to your episodes uh, you can just do that um, it's great um it's it's easy to do 333 for ad-free episodes what does this also mean it means if you are in Club 555 and you get all of our bonus episodes for 555, now you also get ad-free episodes for 555. And if you're in the Rot Crew, not only do you get the bonus episodes that you always got and the Slack access that you always got, but ad-free episodes all together for $10. bucks.
2: we are having an ad-free party, guys. Come join the fun.
1: Yep. Patreon.com slash random of Troy is where you can join and uh, go ad-free
2: cuz i mean who likes listening to ads anyways
1: i mean we hope you like listening to ads but if you don't I mean, that's it's
2: fine I, too <laughs> i mean we we hope you we hope you understand the concept of like supporting the show and therefore put up with some of the more annoying ads as as avid podcast listeners as we are we know the struggle guys so at the very least we're giving you the now the option to get rid of that struggle for a little while
1: yeah support the show help us grow uh, and help the the podcast to go to bigger and brighter heights and goals. Uh, as as Clay Helton would say, uh, uh, "Go to achieve a bright future." Right? No, I I, I
2: wouldn't, quote Clay, I wouldn't clo- well, quote Clay Helton.
1: Uh,
2: I wouldn't quote Clay Helton. I think on we this- need to. Uh, it, I think we need Michael, to Alicia because hold it's on it's the first episode of the of the year No but but and you're but, already but, but giving people heart palpitations by by mentioning his name
1: But but here's the deal Alicia we we read these reviews and I said there were three main things number 1 consistency number 2 the number 2 really probably the actual number 1 thing that people want most out of all of the the surveys that we read is me being off the program a solid like twenty percent of our of our surveys are like I'd listen more if there was no Michael. Oh, there should be more Alicia only episodes. Get Michael off the air. Michael sucks. Michael's why I don't listen. Blah blah blah. So those so things in, happen in, all the time.
2: In podcast news, next week's episode will no longer include Michael. I'm kicking him off the show. Oh, wait, He's hold, persona no. non grata. Uh, no, hold on. I'm, I'm, no. I'm initiating what, what a takeover. I, it's a no, mutiny, Michael. I, it's I'm
1: here to declare To declare, I'm the Clay Helton of Reign of Troy Radio. I'm not going anywhere, baby. I'm coming back. Oh, no. I've
2: been renewed. Mike Bone has made a statement talking about how like you're <laughs> the dude for the job and the
1: future is bright. and The expectations are high and I fully I fully get it. And I, I'm back for more, baby. You can't get are rid you, of me. You're coming back to win championships? That's right. That's exactly of, of right. Un,
2: of unknown specificity?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but for, for the record, I'm back.
2: for the record, my official statement on this is: Michael's not going anywhere. Uh, I will not do the show without Michael. So there you have it, guys. Live with it.
1: Uh, thank you, Carol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 last uh, the the last thing that we got. A lot of the surveys said that that you know more guests, and I get it. Uh, people don't like me, so they want more guests to kind of fill in. For the role of me, I, I I totally get it, and we have a plan. We have a plan in place of shows that we'd like to do later on uh, in the off season. Uh, too much to unveil now, but uh, just just wait for it. We've got a plan to get some more voices on the show. Renatory. Yeah,
2: we've we've heard that feedback and we've heard that feedback before, and we're really gonna attack that side of of the show this year and and see who we can bring on. To give different kind of perspectives, um, you know, just from media, players, <laughs> coaches, if we get a coach on or anything like that. We're going to we're gonna try and find some people to uh, stir things up a little bit.
1: There you go. I, I mean, I'm already here, Alicia. You, you've got Clay Helton and me, so I know yeah. that you need a coach.
2: Yeah. If Jason Garrett is the Clay Helton of the NFL and Clay Helton is the Clay Helton of college football, then Michael Castillo is the Clay Helton of college football podcasting
1: that's right that's right yeah all right uh we're gonna take a quick break come right back and get into the news we'll be right back all right lisa let's get into this the news lots of it oh not really uh, let's just start with the recruiting side of things. Gary Bryant is now a part of USC's 2020 recruiting class. He announced that the uh, artist formerly known as the Army All-American Bowl, the now just, I think it's at the NBC All-American Bowl, whatever the hell it is, uh, over in San Antonio.
2: Yeah, I think it's just called the All-American Bowl, which I don't know what it is, but like the Army All-American Bowl
1: had it a much the, better the ring to Army it. word Army in there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just it just doesn't doesn't have that same vibe to it. Uh, yeah. Either way, Gary Bryant signs with USC, a four-star wide receiver, five eleven hundred and sixty-four pounds, out of Corona Centennial. He is ranked number fifty-seven nationally uh, in the twenty twenty recruiting class according to the twenty four seven Sports composite, and lo and behold, he has raised USC's ranking to his ranking, fifty seventh nationally as a team, which means the Trojans are no longer uh, in, in the 70s or the 80s, which is pretty good, right? I mean, compared to like last week, not pretty good I mean, compared yeah, you, to anything else.
2: Yeah, you, you got to preface it like, you know, last week I was in $100,000 of debt and now I'm in, you know, only $75,000 of debt. Like, it's all good. Um, yeah, no, no. <laughs> USC's creeping towards that top 50. Unfortunately, I think that when the season ended and the recruiting stuff all became sort of put into focus before early signing day, we looked at it and thought, well, in past seasons, what USC's done, even under less than, less than ideal circumstances, they've still been able to sort of close strong and get up into the top 30. I thought maybe, you know, top 25 if they hit a couple of these guys early signing day was a disaster and so now USC is looking at like well at least they're nearing 50. I think I think I can positively say they'll probably finish top 50 by the end of the recruiting class but it's um yeah, uncharted territory for for USC and we've been talking about this for a little while that this recruiting class was really an enigma in in USC history and we're we're going to see how it ends eventually in the February signing day but there's really not it's not a Gary Bryant, like, I'm not sure else, who else they really have in terms of big fish
1: to pursue. Nope. Nope. At, at this point, they need to, <laughs> they need to prove McCoy somebody, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that's, and that, that's the sad thing is that Gary Bryant Jr. commits or announces his commitment at the All-American Bowl, right? The All-American Bowl was, I mean, in one sense, it's a good day for USC because they officially get Gary Bryant, but... It was also another one of those days that just highlighted everything that's gone wrong for USC in this in this uh cycle because a guy like Darren Green Warren um says, Yeah, I was silently committed to USC and then he ends up at Michigan. And a guy like um uh I, I, D, D, uh Dylan or something uh McCutcheon. McLuthern, that's it. Uh he said I'm a i am I was a silent commit too. To USC and you're looking at it going like, well, Mike Bone was talking about those four silent commits. And then you realize like the silent commits were were nothing like a silent commit matters even less than an actual commit. And an actual commit doesn't matter for anything. So this goes to show the perils of recruiting and uh, and and all the ways that USC misstepped in this in this recruiting class because they had these guys on the line and they still lost them.
1: Yeah. And then it's a big day from guys like Bryce Young who looks really good in that game who now could be starting who knows for for Alabama uh come come September in in Arlington uh Mac Jones could be the other guy there because Tua Tagovailoa announced that he's going to the NFL so he's not going to be there for Alabama um but it, it's it's a it's a wild situation that we're in right uh our, our friends over at uscfootball.com didn't they, they didn't send anybody to cover the game like how crazy all, is that? Yeah, it and totally, and they there was no need to right because there were there wasn't any SC targets really in there uh, outside of Gary Bryant that just tells you where USC is in in terms of the uh, of recruiting. And the other thing is, you know, Gary Bryant being the star of the class, I think, is very difficult because if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to have one guy be the headliner in a bad class. And this isn't a knock on Gary Bryant. It's just unfortunate that he plays at the at the in the position group where SC is so good already, right? Well, like, and he's would... not
2: the profile of recruit that Bru McCoy or Kyle right. Ford or even Drake London was. Like he he doesn't s- jump out at you in the way that that some of the other receivers that like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and Michael Pittman, even and Tyler Vaughn's like.
1: But, but wouldn't it even wouldn't it be more comforting if Gary Bryant was a linebacker? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if he was an offensive lineman that you could be like, "Well, this is a terrible class, the worst in USC history." But at least the the guy that they added at the end was was in a position of need. And again, it's not a knock on Gary Bryant. I think Gary Bryant's going to fit into this offense pretty well. He, by all accounts, he's the the, the speed guy that SC doesn't necessarily have outside of Ales Jones, who's now in the transfer portal again. This is a situation where SC is getting someone that they need in the general sense. But, man, when you miss on so many guys over and over and over again, really for the past two years, uh, it, it makes a recruiting class that you just... You, I mean, what more is there to say? We're beating a dead horse at this point.
2: I mean, the only thing left to say is that you hope that USC proves they can develop some of these guys because they ha- they do have guys in there who have... At least something to them. Uh, all the offensive linemen are huge. We talked about this in our, in our recruiting episode last time around. Um, there, There is something to commend themselves to, to each one of these guys. USC just needs to form them into really um, uh, players that are of USC caliber. And they can do that in theory. But USC's got to turn some of that theory into reality because they're going to have to be relying on a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys to to form the next couple of of seasons that USC has going for them. And I don't know. We have a list on com of the top 25 three-star recruits that USC has had. And, and I think we wrote that in uh, a couple years ago, two, three years ago, and we updated it uh, uh, last year. And USC needs a lot of these guys to end up vying for places on that list if they want to feel like they're successful going forward in 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 the next let's say 4 years
1: yeah 100% they they need to uh to put something together and you know we we talk about you know USC's recruiting class in 2013 and 2012 the the really small ones that were dealt with sanctions and we said at the time Kiffin has to hit on all these guys right he pretty much did even though there those were small numbers the, the 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 talent was there right there were four and five star talent and there weren't that many misses on those classes even the guys that were the the developing guys that you want to get more um more time to to let season guys like chad wheeler right chad wheeler ends up having his name on the board uh, on the wall for the the all american wall and he's in that 2020 class i mean 2012 class right so they, they developed guys how that those classes they hit on the the elite talent that they had and they got it done you want to feel you know confident in usc to do that again except now it's three-star talent and you need those same results out of that and you, you just the the probability just isn't there the 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 stars matter for a reason and it's all probability there's certainly like we've said a million times before there, there's gonna be guys who Overperform, there's going to be guys that underperform. There's going to be guys that are just perform as you expect. Um, but they need so many guys to overperform at this point.
2: Well, the degree to which they need them to overperform. Like, you need Chad Wheeler's out of this. It's right. not enough to have a couple of individuals. You need wardens. Keaton Slovises. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference is your percentages of hitting on the Keaton Slovis or the Chad Wheeler or the Uchen and Nwosu they pretty, pretty slim. You're more likely to end up with, and I say this with all respect, with all due respect, you're more likely to end up with the Jana Harrises, who are, you know, starters, capable starters, but they're not the guys that elevate your team uh, to superstar status kind of thing. And that's where USC is, it's going to be difficult. It is going to be difficult. But the, the good thing is, is that USC does still have, I mean, objectively, this roster is still loaded. And with a strong recruiting class next year, or the year after that, the roster will remain loaded. It's just that you got to bridge this this two-year gap of developing the talent and then maybe filling in some young guys as the superstars as you go along. It's just, again, to, to beat the dead horse, you've now put yourself in a position where it all comes down to development. You can't rely just on the super athletes that you've brought in in the past.
1: Yep, 100%. Uh, other news, uh, this happened after our last episode, uh, which was the car cast. We completely dropped the ball and did not put out a fallout episode for the holiday bowl, which I'm going to go on a slight ledge for a second. Um, what's, what's the word? What's the phrase that I'm just completely... Soapbox? No, I, I'm going out on a le- it's ledge, it's Going right? on a limb? Limb. There it is. Yeah. Jeez, I can't go into 2020 and I'm just botching every cliche possible. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, it doesn't most people don't mind that we didn't have a Fallout episode about the Holiday Bowl in which USC lost by 25 points. To well, Iowa. to be
2: fair, uh, someone, i.e., you, was deathly ill for the yes. week after the Holiday Bowl, which did not help our podcast schedule. And another human, that would be me, has a stupid big family and was inundated with family stuff for the week after the holiday bowl. So uh, not that those are good excuses, but also those are our excuses for not having a, a, a fallout episode. So
1: there you go. But uh, we did not get to talk about here on the main show, USC given the ax or Clay Helton, given the ax to Clancy Pendergast and John Baxter. Um, I think it's something we, we kind of talked about in the car cast. It was, it was inevitable. Uh, this was, this was the holiday performance that really highlighted exactly why you need to make a change uh, at the defensive coordinator spot, especially special teams, where the biggest play of the game for Iowa is a kickoff return. Uh, the biggest play for the game of for USC, you could argue, I guess, was an uh, onside kick return that they didn't do anything with. But either way, uh, Baxter and Pendergast needed to go. They needed to go last year. Uh, Clay Hilton gave them one more chance, and it didn't work out this year. And so now SC goes into this offseason needing to find a new defensive coordinator and a new special teams coordinator. And it's really interesting because you look at the names of who's out there and it's familiar names, right? Jack Del Rio, but yet Jack Del Rio just got the new defensive coordinator job with the Washington Redskins, so he's not going to be around. Uh, SC needs to do something. What what are are your thoughts about those two vacant jobs?
2: Well, um, Bruce
1: Feldman put out a list
2: of NFL names that are up and comers that that USC and other schools could could look at. Uh, that list looked pretty good to me, um, just as far as like the profiles of assistant coaches who are making their way up up in the world um, from the from the college football ranks. The ones that like stand out to me because we've talked about in the past, Graham Harrell should be could be the model for how USC hires the DC as well in the sense that you find a G5 guy with something to prove who's willing to bet on himself and the the thing that I've said for a while is that I think it's easier to find the G5 guy who's willing to bet on himself on offense than it is to find that on defense just because those conferences are more offense heavy it's harder to see what is a good what isn't isn't a good defense uh, all of those kinds of things. So it can be a little bit difficult. But the one name that's, that keeps standing out to me, at least, uh, was the San Diego State DC, which is Zach Arnett. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the head coach at San Diego State, Rocky Long, is apparently putting himself out there for DC jobs. So I don't know what the heck is happening over at San Diego State. But, I mean, that's intriguing, right? the The, the argument against San Diego State is... They run an unconventional, I guess you would call it, defensive scheme. So it's like a three-three-five or something like that. Like
1: they're they're a very pro pro style offense, and you know, grind them out, physical defense. Um, in general, I don't know exactly what the scheme is, but they they very much play the kind of football that USC fans like. Uh, just in terms of a brand, uh, the the interesting thing though, and and to. to be completely honest i haven't read nearly as much about this as i should the rocky long thing i think is interesting because is he doing the noble step aside for arnett in the sense of this guy's ready and i'm going to step aside and he is he doing the bob stoops by instead of you know retiring and giving the the passing the reins to lincoln riley is he saying i'm going to take another job so that way I can give the reins to Arnett because it's time for him. Like, like is that what this is? Because that's the way I kind of took it. I mean, he it. Uh,
2: that's that was my first thought. My first thought because was, Because they've won okay. 10
1: games for the last five years. Like, there's no reason for him to just hang it up outside of retirement. Like, like there's yeah. no reason for him to leave.
2: Well, and then my thought was, okay, is the pressure on a head coach more than a DC, like he's sixty nine. Maybe he wants to nice. let let somebody else carry the load and just keep his focus, keep his nose in the playbook and the scheme and all that kind of stuff, and not have to worry about all the other stuff that goes into being a head coach. Like, sure, maybe that's what he's looking at. Like, I don't know. But it, so in that case, is is he is Rocky Long himself the kind of person that USC should be should be targeting as I, a DC?
1: I think in general, yes, but not specifically. And, and so, so my thought here is: you, you talk about making Graham Harrell the, the the profile of coach that you want to go after. I agree, but I think that you know you said that it's easier to find offensive guys that way than defense. I think I think that's true. And I think there's also just more opportunities to find defensive guys that are working in the opposite direction, guys like. Uh, Charlie Strong, right, who are failed head coaches but were elite coordinators and need to prove themselves in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Where Graham Harrell needs to prove himself to become a head coach again, I think Charlie Strong needs to prove himself that he's a good DC again. um, And something like that where you can buy low on somebody and ultimately I, I think that SC needs to have the wherewithal, Clay Elton and, and – and everybody, that this is a staff that is not going to be here for the long haul. Graham Harrell is probably gone after this upcoming season, right? Because one of two things happens. Either- if, if
2: not, uh, can, I'm just going to butt in here real quick because I don't think we're going to discuss this, but I would like to point out Matt Rule was just hired as the Carolina Panthers head coach, Yep. and already the rumor rumor mill about who Baylor is going to bring in as the new head coach at Baylor already i've seen Graham harrell's name pop up as
1: could he go to baylor as the oc which i think is a, he it's a year too early for him there so not, as, not as a head coach specific. but as
2: a as an offensive coordinator but again we get back into the question of texas and does he want to go back to texas and right. he doesn't have the same questionable relationship with with uh texas with you know, baylor is a softer landing point for him than texas i, I don't know it's interesting to to consider but right. sorry but, not to derail you.
1: But but the way I look at it is if SC wins a lot of games next year, which they certainly are capable of just because of the sheer talent they have on the on the, the roster, then Graham Harrell is going to parlay that into something better, right? He's going to parlay that into a head coaching job in the P5. He's going to parlay that into taking over at Arizona for Kevin Sumlin, right? Or something like that, right? Absolutely, something, yes. Something to that effect, Right. Um, a, a head coaching job that's better than UNLV and better than UTSA. Um, the inverse. If SC is bad next year, then Clay Helton's surely you would imagine, probably getting fired. I mean, at this point, I mean, we've can said we this even before at this point, but you know. Um and then at that point everyone's gone, and then you're you're in the same situation where you need to replace Graham Harrell again. So I think if you're Clay Helton, you go out and you hire a staff. Uh, or at least these, these coordinator positions that you need to replace with guys who are short-term options. Guys who need to prove something and can do it in one season. Somebody like a Charlie Strong, who one good season as a DC for Charlie Strong could absolutely prove his merit to be a DC somewhere else, be a DC at USC continuing forward, be a, be a head coach somewhere else again, whatever, right? You, you go hire a staff basically of like pirates that are just like a, an old tag team of misfits that, that just have chips on their shoulders. you USC
2: should hire Mike Leach? No, not literally.
1: <laughs> but, but, but just like a a, a a ragtag bunch of like misfit coaches who have something to prove that are all short-term things because that's what that's the position you're in. And it's either going to work or it's not. And that, which is what the season is always going to be for USC, anyways, in twenty twenty, uh, you basically have nothing to lose. You're either going to win games or you're not. And because everyone, everything is is getting blown up after this year, I would have to imagine. Um, I've said that before and look really stupid though. So,
2: well, no, I, but I think I, I think know. your hypothesis that Graham Harrell is not long for USC, I think is is absolutely fair. And if that's the case, then if I'm Clay Helton, maybe I take the opposite tact where maybe I need to get a totally unproven DC who can't build his profile in one season so that I make sure that there's some overlap so that if, if USC does succeed but, but in 2020. But
1: why is that coach going to take on the challenge of going to USC where it's a put up or shut up year? Like, like If you're someone well, who, because, who doesn't have because that resume it's a g- yet.
2: Well, because they have to prove themselves. They're, they're, so you basically want to find the next Graham Harrell, but the next Graham Harrell who will need two years before he is Graham Harrell to leave, so that when Graham Harrell leaves after 2020, you're not losing your DC as well. So then you lose your right. DC in 2021, and you can, you've already, you know, if you, if you think about it as like overlap, if you set yourself up to lose Harrell and your DC after 2020 because they both did well... You're back at square one and people still don't sure. believe in you if you're if you're Clay Holm. So there is some risk there as far as go get the Charlie Strong. Like maybe the answer is to find that assistant coach out there who is just looking for a shot to prove himself, but wouldn't immediately be fodder for head coaching positions the next year if that's what came down, if that's what it came down to.
1: Yeah. And, but see, this is where I, I would argue that if you go out and get Charlie Strong, or maybe Tartor Lando, right? Someone who just needs a change of scenery. You go out and get those guys with some, something to prove. And if they do prove it, and let's say SC wins 10-11 games, they win the South, they go to the Pac-12 championship game, um, win or lose, whatever, right? They, they prove that, that Clay Helton should come back for the following season. Let's just hypothetically say that, right? That They, they, they go 10-2 in the regular season. At, at that point... Doesn't Charlie Strong or Todd Orlando or whoever that the defensive coordinator is? Don't they just get the Graham Harrell extension at that point? Because then they've proven themselves that they can coach again at a school like USC for a a, a stable period of time. Yeah, I'm, but at this
2: point we've seen we've seen people the NFL hire deposed head coach. I, I don't sure. even know at this point. So. Uh, what's interesting is that we're now, you know, week into January and I haven't heard Charlie Strong's name mentioned for anybody, not not just the USC coaching search. So that one's certainly interesting to me. But, um, you know, the the USC search, I I don't know when we can expect to hear this happen.
1: Yeah. The timeline is completely wonky because of the early signing day, which is why they, they couldn't make the move probably when they should have after this regular season, uh, which is why the early signing day completely sucks for everybody involved. Uh, and, and now you're in a situation where you need to go out and get somebody before sign- the regular signing day. But is that even important at this point? Because, like... There's there's at, only, at, like, at, two spots. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know that that's important either. So so really your timeline is before spring camp starts.
2: Well. I mean, yeah, It's. I don't think there's that much urgency. I think there's urgency in the fan base to just get it solved.
1: But But if you're Clay Hilton... Okay, here's my question. Should there be urgency right now?
2: If I'm Clay Hilton, yes, because I need to get going with the rebuild job immediately. Mm -hmm. And every ounce of goodwill that I can build up, I need to get that. And the longer I wait, the longer I leave people hanging in the wind, now... He could make the argument that, like you know, the, the right hire is going to come in the time that it comes in, but
1: I think urgency looks good for having a plan. Um yes. But I would also, I also take the stance of at this point, the only thing that is going to convince USC fans that Clay Helton knows what he's doing is to win a national title.
2: Well, okay, so he, so, but so here's even my... if
1: he did all of the right things,
2: oh yeah, no, and, 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 that that and, is that is implied in everything that we discuss. But my question for Clay Helton would be, who can't you talk to on January eighth? Right. So you unless you're telling me you're bringing in right. a playoff assistant, an an unless NFL it's assistant, Dave Aranda, right? Or, or no, a Which college football playoff. Be. But oh no, I'm talking NFL playoff. If you're if the, if oh, the coach sure. that you want is an NFL assistant who's in the playoffs, sure. Then okay, fine. I will forgive the wait. But if you if you end up on January 30th, and you're making your hire then, I want to know, well, why couldn't you have made that hire of a college football hire on January 1st? What was stopping you? Nothing was would have been stopping you. And that's the urgency. Like, the urgency is is part of the whole showcase. But like you said, it doesn't matter who he hires. Unless he wins a national title with them, people won't give him right. the, the benefit of Wh- any doubt which is, anyways.
1: Which is why but I like, think that...
2: that I want to maybe... give him some benefit of the doubt. I think you want to give him some benefit of the doubt. We want to be fair to him. So like he could throw us that bone in terms of us being able to talk about these things as though there is competence happening in the program. Where well, the longer we wait, we're sitting here on our on our butts recording podcasts going like, you know, I don't know what they I don't know what the weight is. I don't know what the weight is. And people are listening to that and people are feeding into that. So like again, I I don't know.
1: I, I agree in general. I think that if there was if there was a visual plan and they, they did everything by the book as you were expected to expected them to in a timely manner, great. At this point, I don't know that timing matters. And so at this point, I think the most important thing to do is to get it right. Because if you have that guy next week, or if you have that guy in a month from now, you're not boosting your recruiting class much at all. The, 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 the problem recruiting doesn't matter at that point.
2: The problem will be is we won't we we won't know if it's the right hire until the end of the next tw- season. You know, yeah. 12 months. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. But but what what I'm saying is that, that Clay Hilton has lost all benefit of the doubt. So it kind of doesn't matter um, because he, there aren't any brownie points to win.
2: I mean, maybe not with you the general I mean? fan base, but like and I know I'm the USC shill but like I think there are brownie points to win I'm here with brownies I'm willing to award them I'm grasping at straws over here so you know <laughs>
1: I'll be selfish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throw me yeah. throw me a
2: bone here
1: I know I know I feel you but uh, let, let's take a quick break and come back and get into some season long over unders how about that you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over.
0: I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here.
1: All right, Alicia, one of the problems that we run into with not having a Fallout episode is we did not go through the over-unders of the Holiday Bowl. Uh, so I'm just going to tell the people straight up. Here's what happened. Well, we don't need to hear much about them. Uh, oh? No? You, you don't think so? No. We can just, you know, Skate right over mm-hmm. him. Okay. Well, I mean, if you insist, I mean, I, I can just tell people right away that that I completely demolished you in in the holiday bowl, uh, like and then, Iowa. Yes, I I pulled in Iowa exactly. You did. Uh, I went ten and four. You went four and ten. And for the season, I win with a record of fifty eight and forty four, and you had fifty and fifty two under five hundred
2: you know my my winning streak had to come to an end sometime and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna lose gracefully congratulations michael i'm air shaking your hand uh across Thank you. the desert
1: hmm. appreciate that very much uh by the way we we did get a couple of uh surveys uh that that mentioned that um that that i tend to be a sore loser with with over under <laughs> so i'm gonna be a graceful winner and say thank you for for all the the effort you've you've given to to beat me over the years it is an honor to finally get that opportunity and uh get it get a ring is
2: <laughs> is this what uh what consolation calls after a political battle are like
0: like you Maybe. call this
2: person that you've been hammering all for months, and then you're it's, like,
1: it's like an award show where you know you you win the award, then you get up and you're like, I, I it's been an honor to be mentioned with with all of the uh, the nominees. You guys were so great. I'm sorry I won. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, way to be gracious. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you deserved it just as much as I did. You know, so well done, well done on your on your second place finish. Uh, let's get into our season long over unders. This was before the season. Uh, In our last full episode, before the season, we put in all of these over-unders. Let's run down the list. First one, over-under eight and a half wins. You took the under. I took the under. It was under. USC went eight and four in the regular season. Thank you, Iowa. Did us both a solid. Well, it wouldn't have mattered because I I, I think that when we're talking about the win total, I think it's only the 12-game regular season. SC went oh, were we
2: talking eight wins in the twelve games?
1: I, I I do not. I cannot stand when people talk about 10, 10 win seasons and they're and it's like ten and three with the win over like like Essie in twenty thirteen. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not giving them credit for ten wins. They went ten and four, and they needed two wins, one of them over Hawaii in a thirteenth game, and then over Fresno State in a bowl game. And it's not a ten win season. It's not. Right, it's, just, it's just uh, not
2: ten and three is certainly. More praiseworthy than 10 and 4. 10 and 4 is, is, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a, fraud.
1: It's especially when in the pre, in the, the preseason, we're, we're predicting against a 12 game slate. We're not sitting here saying SC is going to go, uh, uh 11 so and 3. Title game you know what I mean? Like, so the, like, yeah. that's usually not what we're doing. So, uh, that's over fair. under, b- both of us got that right. Uh, over under five games until, uh, clay helton gets fired both of us took the over uh it was over it is 13 and counting <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we all predicted so it'll at
2: least be 14 you would assume uh I, you know what the the off season is a crazy thing michael i won't even predict that hmm. right. who knows
1: all right uh next one over or under one and a half quarterbacks to start a game <laughs> Both of us took the under and were complete morons. It was three.
2: Well, no, I don't think we're morons. The they started three quarterbacks because of injury. Jt started the first game, and because he was injured, Keaton started the second game, and because he was injured, Fink started the fourth game. Like USC didn't change a quarterback at any point, so well, should Fink we have taken the, the over game. a fifth game? Yeah. So, it's, like. Should we have assumed that there would be quarterback injuries? No. Maybe. But at the same time, like, USC hasn't had that. Like, we had been talking, or at least I've talked to other people about, there was a a stretch of years where UCLA couldn't keep a quarterback healthy to save their lives. They were down to fourth and fifth string quarterbacks uh, at a certain point. And USC wasn't really, had never really had that kind of issue. Hadn't really had to go down to third string quarterbacks until this past year. So, yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I mean, you you can't expect to go down to a third stringer to to beat a top 10 team like like Utah. Uh, I don't think you can predict that. Um, There's definitely no football reason to say it could happen Uh, and ultimately it did. So, uh, no shame on the under there. Uh, Let's go to over under. uh, An over under of 60,000 in attendance for USC's average in home games. You took the under, I took the under, and Jeez, could have gotten any closer. The, the season picked, total... The, the season average is 59,358. Just under. Just under. Just under.
2: Man, that's a... Uh, it's going to be tough next year doing the attendance over-unders because I,
1: I don't know. All right, next one. Over-under one and a half emergency podcast. You took the under, I took the over. This is an, a moment of contentious debate uh, because what does this mean? We don't do what are called emergency podcasts, but I still think that we had podcasts that could qualify for that, uh, like SnapTakes that that we see over on Patreon and whatnot. And you are adamant that this is strictly referring to the Peristyle podcast and not us.
2: This has to be. This has to be strictly referring to the Peristyle podcast. Because we don't do emergency podcasts, we do snap takes, and those are premium episodes.
1: But but it's still the same concept, and I would say that the over under is about the concept, not about the exact name.
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. I either mean, either way, I can, you I,
1: said under, I said over, and it was definitely over. Either way you cut it.
2: Well, yeah. So the USUPOWELL dot com did uh, did three emergency podcasts this year. They did one that they titled "Emergency," when Lin Swan stepped down when Mike Bone announced that Helton was staying and after the Holiday Bowl. So either way, the under was wrong. But I want to take offense to their Holiday Bowl emergency podcast. They just did a car cast. Like, don't call it an emergency podcast. It was a post-game podcast. What the heck?
1: Ryan, I I, I don't condone the shot that she's taking at you.
2: (laughs) Not an emergency podcast if it happens right after a game.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, next one. Over under 40% running for USC's offense. We both took the over, and it was over. Uh, USC ran on 43% of the plays. Yeah,
2: which is right around kind of what I, ex- I expected it to be somewhere in the area of 45. And what's interesting is that they probably would have been up near 45 or more yep. if the running back situation hadn't gotten. I mean, you think about it. If uh, against, who was it, uh, Colorado when Keenan Kristen was out there like they they weren't really willing to to hand the ball to him. So yeah,
1: that that's when they really went air raidy. Was against you know late in the season when they when they played teams like Colorado with all those those running back injuries. Um, that's when they had to rely on things like five wide and stuff. And and this is why you know Keaton Slovers was so good at that. And another reason why I don't understand the complaints about that kind of stuff either. Um. very clearly they lost their three starting running backs. What else were they supposed to do? And when you have a lot of production uh, with the backup plan, I don't get the point of complaining.
2: Yeah, I, I've i had this argument with people on, on Twitter way too often. I don't think that USC's problems have anything to do with their run game or lack of it. In fact, I thought USC's run game was much better than anyone was giving it credit for the entire season. And USC's running backs are, are really excellent, but I don't trust USC's offensive line. And I actually think that the air raid opened up USC's running attacks in ways that I didn't expect. So, um, yeah, I uh, I love running. I love running backs, but I didn't have a problem at all with USC's uh, offense this year, except that I think that I was shouting at them to run the ball more against somebody. But Washington. Really... Mm-hmm. Washington, that's the one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the they we were having success running the ball. <laughs> that's the one we got the in the big argument uh, at the Airbnb in Seattle. Oh, we uh, getting
2: we get into a lot of arguments, Michael.
1: <laughs> I can't keep track. <laughs> and you were tempted to write notes on the on the little form that that the Airbnb host put there uh, and put in the room or in the in the um, in the kitchen area uh, and and to write sorry we were not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what, what were you gonna write? Like, sorry, so, we, we we weren't being belligerent or I don't remember what it was. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one. Over under six and a half games with USC special teams having less than 11 on the field. Both of us took the over. It was under five, according to a tally from our pal Shotgun Spratling, who put out a little chart over on Twitter. Uh, Utah, Washington, Arizona, Oregon, and Cal were games in which SC had... Uh, less than 11 on the field. So I I
2: need to talk to Shotgun about this because I could swear that there are other instances where USC had less than 11 men on the field, but maybe they called timeouts to stop them, and so they didn't actually like go through with the play. So I wonder if that's the way he was tallying it, but either way, the fact that we had this over-under at all says a lot. Yep. That it came so close to this over-under being the over... Says a lot, too.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, Let's go to the next one. Over under three and a half games in which a backup quarterback gets in because of a blowout. You said under. I said under. And it was just barely under. I'm actually surprised it got this close. Uh, SC had the backup in there for reps three different times. Uh, Matt Fink came in against Stanford, Arizona, and Cal, all games in which USC won handily.
2: See, what's interesting is that he also came in against UCLA. But not in
1: garbage time. He came, he came, up, in, against he came UCLA. in against ASU and the Holiday Bowl.
2: Yes, not in garbage time. Uh, UCLA. He comes in for a drive, three plays actually, two plays, three plays. When Keaton Slovis gets uh, decapitated, and uh, he came in again for a drive against uh, ASU again because Keaton Slovis was uh, dealing with it with what was it? What did they determine? It was it was cramp or it was something cramp like here. that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Fink saw a lot of game time. Just only three of them were because USC was in a position to put the backup quarterback in the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's one where we both get it right. Um, but I, I think you can make a case for uh, <laughs> we're, we're the backup playing more than ever before uh, for USC. Uh, let's go to the next one. This one wasn't very a season, well, it wasn't really a season type of over under. Uh, But before the season started, we said over, under, an attendance against Fresno State of 55,000. We both took the under, and it was 57,329.
2: Yeah, this was just on the list that our pal Dave in Orange County put together for us. So it's in the season long over-unders. We both got it wrong. I think we both got it right in real terms, but we got it wrong in official terms.
1: Uh, Next one, over-under 27.5 total passing touchdowns. You took the over, I took the over. It was way over at 35. Easy money at 35, yep. Yep. Uh, Rushing touchdowns, 24.5 was the over-under. We both took the under, and it was sizably under at 18. Yep, again, easy money at 18. Yes, indeed. Uh, Next one, one over-under 1.5 personal fouls per game. You took the over, I took the over. It was 16 for the season and 13 games, which is 1.23, which is under.
2: There was like a three-game stretch where USC didn't have any personal fouls, or at least they didn't come up on the game book, on the the play-by-play. So there was a stretch there that really saved USC, because there were several games where there were two or three
1: at a time. Oh, there there was definitely personal fouls for the season, 100%. Uh, Next one. Uh, over, under, two and a half four hundred and a half, 400-yard passing games for USC. You took the under. I took the over, and it was Colorado, ASU, Cal, and UCLA. Four in a five-game stretch for the Trojans, all with Keaton Slovis at the helm.
2: It was looking really good on this one halfway through the season. Yep. And then Keaton Slovis happened, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Uh, last one. Over under nine and a half, 100 yard rushing games for the Trojans. You took the over. I took the over. It was eight, eight. See again,
2: this one was looking really good halfway through the season, but the running back crisis pretty much put a put an end to this one. So it's a, a bummer, but stuff's happened.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh yet again, I win the over unders. I went nine and five. You went seven and seven. But Alicia, you gave it your all, and um, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate your your opportunity to uh, to give me a chance to, to, to win here. I did win, but any any of us could have won. This is one of those games where it's anyone's chance, and so uh, good good job. Yeah, and
2: and and thank you, Michael, for for being such a play have playing the game so hard. Uh, you are a man of honor. And uh, I try to be, and 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 I uh, hope you go on and win the title. Thank you, uh, honor and integrity, whatever whatever th- title th- that is. Th-
1: that's what I have, and that's why I'm still on this podcast. And uh, you yep. know, we just have to uh, to to keep trucking forward. Well, see, and- I
2: I got I personally I know I got to look at the tape and figure out where I went wrong and uh, correct all of the things that went wrong for for next year. I got I got to look at the tape for that.
1: I'm gonna look at all aspects of the, the the game in which I need to improve too, and if there's changes, I'll, I'll let you know when when it happens. But uh, I see a bright future in my over unders going forward, and uh, you you know I I resonate with with the fans who are very upset with my performance on the podcast. Um, and I'm just gonna let everybody know that 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 I'm frustrated with my performance of the podcast too, and we're we're gonna we're gonna get better, and we're gonna go from good to great next next season.
2: Well, I I. Honestly, I can't wait for our listeners to hear us in November. Can't we're we're gonna be special. This podcast is gonna be special, guys. Uh, that that's right, because
1: this podcast is the love of my life and um I, I, I hope I hope it is for you guys too. I'm I'm not gonna top that one.
2: <laughs> we just had a Clay Hilton off and you won it. There you go. <laughs> I,
1: I, I will take it. Uh now don't give me an extension. Uh anyways. <laughs> that's gonna wrap up this episode episode 353 uh it, it is a new season we're, we're in the 2020 uh alicia how, how's, how's your 2020 so far my
2: my twenty twenties uh it's okay you know i don't have 2020 vision but uh i got clear eyes and a full heart so you can't lose
1: i guess that means you can't lose yeah
2: actually to riff with you for just a second I started my 2020 with a like a little micro fracture in my foot so I can't run. So like any New Year's resolution that I might have had to like get back out and start running again, gone, gone. I can barely walk right now. So yeah, my 2020 is actually kind of lame.
1: Yeah, see, my my 2020 has been a a really a a retroactive year for me so far because I feel like I've gone backwards. Uh, I've gotten back into playing Pokemon Go. Uh, which is very strange because my my girlfriend and her family plays Pokemon Go, and now I'm like constantly playing that again, like it's 2016 all over again. And I don't know how I got sucked into are, doing this. What are you doing playing Pokemon Go
2: when Harry Potter Wizards Unite is out there?
1: Uh, that seems trash too. So
2: I love. Uh, I I'm like the only human being who plays this game, and I love it. But eh. uh, yeah. I I
1: just pulled up Pokemon Go, and I'm gonna catch a Slugma. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, uh, got it. What's your uh, favorite Pokemon? We've we've discussed this. It's it's no, Gigio, what's your favorite obviously. Pokemon that you've caught? Oh, that I've caught? Um Yeah. Oh shoot, it freaking got away, the bastard. Um I, I mean, the the favorite Pokemon period is, is Blastoise, un- undoubtedly, but I can't catch right. one of those things. They're just not available. Very frustrating. So the, the ones well, that you... have that I've caught probably like a Growlithe. Growliths are fun. Yeah. Fire puppies. Fire puppies, that's what you're calling it. Fire puppies,
2: yeah.
1: Uh, all right. All right. Uh anyways, this is gonna wrap up this episode. Uh again, if you want to listen to this without without ads uh going forward, you can listen to all of our main episodes without ads uh by subscribing to us on Patreon. For three thirty-three for three dollars and thirty-three cents per month, you get all of our ad-free episodes over on Patreon. For five fifty-five, you get all of our ad-free episodes plus all of our bonus content. That means two extra podcasts per week over on Patreon. And then for 10 bucks, you not only get ad-free episodes of the main show and all of our bonus episodes, but on top of that, you get access to our Slack channel where we're talking about USC football and everything, everything under the sun, over on our Slack channel 24-7. So uh, join us over for that, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy, and uh, join us, support the show. And uh, help us have a big, bright twenty twenty.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for the year. I mean, I'm not excited for USC, but I'm excited for the year. It'll be a good year, guys. Plus, there's there's brisket in our future, so. There is brisket in our future. Mm. Indeed.
1: Mm-mm-mm. All right. Until then, we will see you. See you. See you. See you.